Coming up tonight, report card day on the way. The mid-year budget debate begins in a matter of days, but what should you pay attention to? Our Berthini McDermott breaks it all down. Plus, lower power bills could be soon on the horizon for Grant Bahamians. This as the GBPC makes progress on two major solar projects. And later, our Joshua Williams takes us on a trip. Pack your bags for a savory session in one of San Salvador's most delectable eateries. These stories and so much more as our news weekend starts now. This is our news weekend. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm Megan Shepard. Parliamentarians are preparing for the mid-year budget debate this week. It's like report card day for the Davis administration six months in. How close have they come to meeting its target, decreasing the fiscal deficit and paying off the national debt, while at the same time increase revenue and leveraging expenditure? In this report, our Berthony McDermott explores the issue. The mid-year budget report by the Davis administration revealed a deficit far exceeding its forecast. For the first half of the 2023-2024 fiscal year, the net deficit was at $258.7 million, which exceeded the forecast by $127.6 million. But the Prime Minister also revealing both revenue and expenditure are up. Communications Director in the Office of the Prime Minister, Latrey Ramming, says government will meet its targets. The government, believe it, has very sound fiscal policies. Um, we would have indicated that, that there, there were particular targets, and, and in meeting those particular targets, we would need a number of things to happen. Uh, we would need our tourism product to perform overwhelmingly. As you can see, that we've exceeded 9.5 million in new arrivals. We knew that, that in January there was going to be a departure tax for the cruise industry, so that was going to bring an additional set of revenue. And so we, we knew that, that, that we uh, all indicators insofar as performance uh, encourage us that we're going to meet our targets. Parliament will kick off the mid-year budget debate this coming Wednesday. At that time, the various ministers will lay out how it intends to get its numbers in line by the end of the fiscal year. You would have heard from the Prime Minister that, listen, we've had very strong growth in our tourism industry. That is going to give us the ability to increase in the revenue. Of course, you're going to hear the government go in-depth into how corporate income tax is going to work who's going to impact and how it's going to benefit uh, Bahamas insofar as providing additional relief um, to taxpayers. Figures six months in also reveal that the travel budget for the office of the Prime Minister increased by $1.6 million, putting that figure to just over $2 million. Ramming believes it will not impact public perception. He says the true measure of their work is in its impact for everyday Bahamians. The real measure of our policies are how it's impacting people. And so we're happy that because of the uh, growth we're having, we're able to make additional funding into the uh, breakfast program for young, young people. We're able to give the police more resources to, to fight crime. We're happy that we have increased expenditure insofar as social services. So we're giving more persons who are depending on social services the relief they need. Reporting for Our News, I'm Berthony McDermott. The Grand Bahama Power Company is moving forward with their solar project, all in an effort to lower the bills for consumers in Grand Bahama. GBPC President David McGregor telling Our News recently two solar projects are currently under construction on that northern island, and he explains the future benefits. A five megawatt project and a four megawatt project. Uh, they'll be coming on stream in the next couple of months, so Grand Bahama will have nine megawatts of solar generating within the next couple of months, which is the largest in any of the Bahamian Islands. 
And as for how the project will directly impact the pockets of Grand Bahamians? There'll be more stable pricing. We've done a really good deal on the, the cost per kilowatt hour for that solar, an average of nine cents a kilowatt hour, so it'll help keep electricity costs stable. The Bahamas Agriculture and Marine Science Institute is increasing the number of local egg production and according to Executive Chairman Terrell Young, the plan is to reduce the country's dependence on foreign imports. He says Bamsey's facility houses 2,500 birds that produces organic eggs sold throughout New Providence. We are embarking on producing omega-3 enriched eggs. This is a niche market, by the way, that is untouched in the Bahamas. Omega-3 enriched eggs is a key nutrition in egg uh, today that you can barely find in the food source here. There's a market in the hotel market. There's a market in the local upscale market. Persons are looking for these products but we are just not producing these. So we are doing a trial program on the omega-3 enriched eggs at Bamsi. Young says officials are seeing a steady rise in egg prices in local grocery stores. Back in 2023, we saw the rapid increase in the cost of eggs in grocery stores, prompting officials to jump into action with initiatives like these. Meanwhile, Young is looking to dispel rumors that Bamsey is looking to compete with local farmers by producing and selling eggs. We encourage farmers, by the way, to ramp up egg production so that we can counteract international price increases and also work together for a goal of 100% egg sufficiency by 2025. Meantime, the Bahamas Association for the Physically Disabled is still working to get the necessary per paperwork for their property expansion. But they're not letting that stop them from helping as many of the nation's special needs youth as they can in the meantime. Our Marlena Leonard has more from their president in this report. The Bahamas Association for the Physically Disabled serves as a daycare and special education center for the special needs youth of the Bahamas. The school largely depends on private donations, but government does provide a stipend, their caregivers and their teachers. Shortly before his death, the late Social Services Minister Obi Wilchcombe was working to help the BAPD expand their school. President of the BAPD, Charlotte Albury, tells us more. This we've had for a long time, and the property next door, and property in the back so we can expand. And we met with him before his demise, and we miss him terribly. And there was no problem. It was a done deal. We have it. It's just that, fortunately, you know, the paperwork gets lost, and with the situation with him passing, it, it's making it that much more difficult. So we're working diligently to, to get the paperwork sorted out so we can get a plot plan and start our, our work. Aubrey says that assistance and more space is vital for them to continue to do their work. There's no other school like it in the Bahamas, so we need the government to step up and see what else they can do because there are at least 15 children on a waiting list. So, And I'm sure there are a lot more out there that we don't know about. For now, they're getting creative with their students, getting involved in things like sensory rooms and art therapy. The BAPD president adds that they welcome international visitors to the school. It's so important because we only have so much here that we can offer the children. So having outside help and outside eyes coming in and telling us what's what we can do more to assist the children, it, we, we couldn't ask for more help than that. These kids, uh, or the, sorry, the young students, were across at Stapleton and they came over here to spend a day to see what we're about. So like I said, we're looking forward to our group coming in June and... Um, 
and we've been blessed with a group out of Florida that comes regularly to help us. They were just here and they were the, one, the ones that helped us with the sensory room. While the BAPD always values monetary donations, Aubrey says that's not the only way you can give back. If you just come to read to the children, talk to them, feed them, um, just the interaction that they get with other people, it means the world to them. Reporting for Our News, I'm Marlena Leonard. Thanks, Marlena. Well, during his time as social services minister, the late Obi Wolshkom promised the Bahamas Association for the Physically Disabled an extension in land to assist with operations. President of the BAPD, Charlotte Aubrey, also providing this update, telling us that process is close to reality. We're working with the government now, and they were very generous in giving us a property next door, so we're looking to get that on board so we can take in the kids that are out there. So that will be a huge fundraising um, initiative, which will come as soon as we get all the paperwork done. When our news weekend comes back from the break, we turn our attention to Generation Next. Plus, the Princess Court Mentoring Ministries marks 17 years of molding young ladies into godly women of society. That's coming up when our news weekend returns. Are you or a loved one under medical care? Do you need affordable medical supplies? Ports International is the largest home health care supplier. Medical supplies at the very best price. And you can even shop online. From hospital beds to wound care, wheelchairs to walkers, Ports is a one-stop shop for your medical supplies and we accept insurance. We have online shopping and two locations to serve you. At the Airport Industrial Park and Shirley Street. We also ship to the Family Islands. Shop online and visit us on Facebook. Call Ports at 377-1771. Have you ever thought about what goes into creating some of the technology you use every day? What about the connection between technology and your favorite sport? Well, for a 25-year-old Somia Thorumbedi, it is an everyday thought and one that she considers not only fun, but a passion. After completing high school here in the capital, Somia Thotambedi made the bold decision to move to Poland, where she earned her bachelor's degree. From there, she describes her educational and professional journey as an immersive one, working for various major companies in multiple cities and countries. Poland was great and Europe was great. I actually spent a semester abroad in Finland as well, so I really experienced like the Scandinavian culture, as well as like Eastern European culture. And after a while of spending some time in Eastern Europe, I moved to the Netherlands and I spent a solid like three years in Netherlands. Thorum Betty now lives in New York City, where she is pursuing her second master's degree at Columbia University. She says her journey started in electronics and telecommunications. Then she pivoted to include computer science. While studying to earn her master's in management science and technology, Thought Betty also works as a product manager for Major League Baseball. I work on data products related to fan data and ticketing data. So as a product manager, I am the bridge between the engineers that are building um, these products and our stakeholders that are utilizing these products for further needs. So for example, for ticketing data, we have a lot of the MLB clubs that use the data. Maybe it can be for marketing, it can be for analytics purposes or it can be like 
advertising purposes. And although she considers the ever-evolving world of technology as her passion, she says keeping up with the demands can be a bit challenging. Especially when you think about this really like demanding job market and, and everything else. So it could be a bit overwhelming, but I think it's important to realize like what spaces you're really passionate about, what problems you're trying to solve, and what impact you really want to make. And if the world of technology sparks your interests, Thottambedi has this bit of advice. Build and create projects that you are passionate about. It doesn't have to be perfect. There's a beauty in a work in progress. For the past 17 years, the Princess Court Mentoring Ministries has been molding young girls into godly women. The faith-based program was established in Eight Mile Rock, Grand Bahama to help curb teen pregnancy in the country. And now they have expanded their mission to tackle an array of subjects. I pledge my allegiance to God and to the Princess Court to give love, obey God's word, and discipline my mind and body. And that is the pledge of the Princess Court Mentoring Ministries, now recited by over 180 girls from over 20 schools and a dozen churches across Grand Bahama. Founder Stephanie Burrow says, over the next six weeks, a number of sessions have been planned. Deborah Pratt has been a leading lady in the program for the past 15 years. She adds they continue to adapt their message to the changing challenges of society. So a lot of times we find out based on what's going on in the news or based on what's, what we're hearing from the teachers in the schools, etc., then we will know how to cater the program to suit those girls and the needs of the girls and the problems that they may be facing. Yes, for example, when we had the Bella situation, we really brought that to the forefront of the girls to let them know about abuse and, do, and the uncomfortable touches. So we talked to them about that. And right now, in 2024, we're really going to try to help the girls with the conflict resolution because we see now what is happening in our society. Leading lady Janae Burroughs participated in the program from the age of 10. As an adult with a profession in the medical field, she now gives back to the girls in the program. I got to learn how to sew and we just were taught a lot of different things, health and hygiene and exercise. And after a few years, um, I came back as a mentor myself and I've just been enjoying uh, mentoring the girls coming up and um, helping them to grow and giving them advice in the ways that they need to. And, um, as a physician now, I think um, I'm able to give, give advice to those people who are um, interested in going into the healthcare field. Cami Hanna is another leading lady that is now giving back after spending a number of years in the ministry. She shares why she decided to make an impact through her volunteerism. I am a sixth year teacher, um, a high school teacher, and so now coming back into this role as a leading lady, I believe that there's so much wisdom that I can give to these young ladies. Um, just seeing them to be in the position that I was in when I first started um, and being able to just, you know, Im impose some sort of wisdom or some sort of knowledge um, onto them. Still to come on our news weekend, our Ian McKenzie joins us from the Weather Center with your weekend forecast. Plus, Team Bahamas takes the track in Glasgow and a couple of college basketball phenoms play in their regular season finales. Saturday Sports is next.
When the Bahamas took center stage at World Expo in Dubai 2022, we were there as thousands got up close and personal with our story, like the unprecedented devastation of Hurricane Dorian, put center stage at Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting in Rwanda. We were there as the Prime Minister urged immediate action on climate change, an issue brought up months later at the historic 50th CARICOM meeting in the Bahamas. Because our news is everywhere, always there when it counts. Welcome back. A six-member team represents the Bahamas at the World Indoor Track and Field Championships, and a pair of Bahamian college basketball players wrap up their respective seasons. Here is Tage Adderley with our Sports Weekend. Tage. Thanks, Megan. Good evening. I'm Tage Adderley here with our Sports Weekend. The Bahamian contingent hit the ground running in Glasgow at the World Athletics Indoor Championships this morning. We have their results. Anthony Strawn is on to the semis in a 60-meter race. She came second in her heat with a time of 7.24 seconds. Three events into the heptathlon at the time of this recording, Ken Mulling sits in third place with 2,684 points, and he jumped the personal best in the long jump portion in 7.69 meters. Laquan Nen competed in the long jump, jumping 7.59 meters, finishing in 15th place. Now, the meet is still going on, so be sure to check our social media pages for the latest updates. Speaking of representing our country, guards Franco Miller Jr., and Dayton Aubrey usually spend their summers representing the Bahamas national basketball team. Their college seasons just wrapped up. Franco Miller Jr. of Florida Gulf Coast University and Dayton Aubrey of Queens University concluded their respective regular seasons last night, and they both helped their teams to wins. Miller scored 13 off the bench in 25 minutes for his Eagles, going 4 of 8 from the field, making 3 of his 6 three-pointers, along with 3 rebounds as they squeaked by Jacksonville 59-57. His Bahamas national team backcourt mate Aubrey also got a win in his season finale against Kennesaw State. He scored 14 points on 6 of 14 shots along with 5 rebounds to put the Owls away. The things aren't quite over for the duo. They'll have the chance to play each other on Monday in the first round of the Atlantic Sun Conference Tournament in Deland, Florida. Before we go, a Bahamian baseball player got some big time reps in spring training. B.J. Murray lit up the Southern League for the Chicago Cubs affiliate AA Tennessee Smokies last year, putting up big numbers en route to being named to the MLB Futures game and to helping his team win a league championship. He saw some action with the big team in a spring training game yesterday against the Chicago White Sox. Murray got in in the top of the sixth inning at third base. He would strike out swinging and is only at bat in the bottom of the seventh as the Northsiders took down their South Side rivals 10-6. Now, I'm sure that wasn't the result he was hoping for, but he's getting time with the big team, and that's what matters. That's all we have for sports today, but for the latest in sports this weekend, be sure to tune in to all of our social media platforms and to our website, www.rnews.bs. I'm Tej Adley. On the other side of this break, our Joshua Williams has some tasty travel tips if you're ever in the land of the first landing. Stick with us. When the Bahamas took center stage at World Expo in Dubai 2022, we were there as thousands got up close and personal with our story, like the unprecedented devastation of Hurricane Dorian, put center stage at Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting in Rwanda. We were there as the Prime Minister urged immediate action on climate change, an issue brought up months later at the historic 50th CARICOM meeting in the Bahamas. Because our news is everywhere, always there when it counts.
Welcome back and thanks for sticking with us. Some early morning showers in the capital today, but as to what we can expect throughout the weekend weather-wise, meteorologist Ian McKenzie joins us now from the Weather Center. Ian. Thanks, Megan, and good evening, Bahamas. Currently outside our studios, we're in the partly cloudy skies with a temperature of 76. Our winds are from the southeast at 13 miles per hour, but it feels like temperature of 71. Current temperatures across the country at this time in the nation's second city, Freeport, we have 74, 74 also in Marsh Harbor and Allistown, Bimini, 77 in Nicholstown and Great Harbor Key, 76 in the capital, and 75 in Governors Harbor. The central Bahamas continue with 75 in Camps Bay and Arthurstown, 76 in Georgetown, 77 in Deadman's Key, Long Island, 71 in Coburn Town, San Salvador, 78 in Duncan Town, Ragged Island, as well as Providencialis, 77 in Colonel Hill and Delectable Bay, 76 in Abrahams Bay, Miguana, and 79 in Matthewton in Agua. Satellite and radar imagery at this time, we have some showers, a lot of cloudiness across the northwest and portions of the central Bahamas. This is all associated with a stall-out frontal boundary will, will continue to affect us through about midweek. Boating forecast for the northwest and central Bahamas, there is a caution in place. Winds will be southeast to south, 10 to 15 knots, seas 2 to 4, but up to 7 feet offshore in those easterly swells. High tide at 12.41 a.m. tomorrow morning, low tide at 7.12 a.m. tomorrow morning. Central and Southeast Bahamas, an advisory is in place. Winds east to southeast 15 to 25 knots. Seas 5 to 8 feet, but up to 9 feet in those easterly swells. In your extended forecast, we can anticipate showers to continue through about Monday, Tuesday. Some gradual clearing expected. We expect those highs only to get up into the upper 70s, low 80s. However, your low temperatures will be seeing an increase hanging around the 70 degree mark. That's a wrapping evening forecast. Make it a great, safe Fun night, everyone. Thanks so much, Ian. Well, for those of you who may be traveling to the island of San Salvador or still considering making the island Columbus first landed your destination, our Josh Williams has one more reason to make that trip a reality. He visited what some may consider the perfect spot for you to grab a quick bite when you get there. If you're on the island of San Salvador and looking for a down-home island-style meal, then Columbus Tavern Restaurant is the right stop for you. Co-owner of the restaurant, Sadie Lifeford, has been cooking for many years. She shares her specialties. I specialize in Bohemian dishes, mainly the crack conch, and grouper fish, and crack lobster, and minced lobster, and their fried chicken. And it's for both locals and visitors alike. I normally cater to Bohemians, but we normally have a lot of people from Club Med and Columbus Landing and the Bohemian Field Station. Once their students come in, they eat here. Unfortunately, like most establishments on the island, business was affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. The restaurant was effective really bad. You know, because we were really actually closed for about a year. And when we first came back in, you know, a lot of people was not working, so it was sort of slow. And after it, it came back, you know, it was really good. This experience for Sadie emphasizing the importance of being an entrepreneur. When I first started out as a business person, I still venture out and work because it, I feel as if I could make it. So I went at, I worked to Club Med, and I was still working here in the evening. I work at the field station, and I still came back in the evening and I made it. So for me, when I look at 
the time I spent out there working, and when I come back and what I make, I felt that I was losing. So when I put myself into my business, it was really worth it because at that time, you know, for me, I make my mom in the end that I make out. And for those looking to get into the culinary business, it may take some time, but I intrigue with you to go out and just do it. Reporting for our news, I'm Joshua Williams. Looks great, Josh. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us for our news weekend. On behalf of the entire team, I'm Megan Shepard. Have a safe and wonderful evening.